What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Safi. He can be found on Twitter at KyleSafiPFN. It's a Kyle and Kyle show here for you on a Tuesday morning. Kyle, how are you today? I'm doing well. How else would you want to spend a Tuesday other than a Kyle and Kyle podcast? To me, that's the best kind of way to spend a Tuesday, especially coming off a day in which we got NFL news. Like we have tangible, reactionable things. It feels like we're real boys. It feels like we're at this real season kind of NFL thing we got going here. This is the dream, a Kyle and Kyle show in the morning. Yeah, this is this is the dream here. And we've got, like you said, some NFL news to react to. Let's not waste any time because yesterday evening was absolutely chaotic for us here at Pro Football Network, sure. trying to react and keep up to Ezekiel Elliott signing with the New England Patriots and then Dalvin Cook with the New York Jets. Let's spend some time breaking these situations down from a fantasy football standpoint. Let's talk about Zeke here. Zeke signing with the New England Patriots on a one-year deal. What is the fantasy fallout that people need to know about here? People were really, really excited about Ramondre Stevenson. Should they still be that excited? I think he still can be to a degree. He's moved outside of the, the kind of tier that I'm comfortable with being my RB1. For some people, that's top 10. Some people, it's top 12. Either way, he's out of it for me. He's RB14, which, you know, he's still a serviceable, serviceable back. The pass catching skills are still there. All of that's still intact. I just don't know what the touchdown equity is going to be. I was nervous about it. For an offense, it was bottom five in red zone drives last year as it was. And now you had Zeke to the equation. Like, eh, it's giving me some Aaron Jones vibes. 2000, or last year, he had 213 carries and two rushing touchdowns. Right. It's a tough way, to live, tough way to make a fantasy living. With Ramondre Stevenson, he was in my bus category over on the website here uh, for, I mean, for the past month because it just seemed like this was inevitable. Like, we have the track record for Bill mm -hmm. Belichick of wanting to utilize multiple running backs in a committee approach and people were drafting Ramondre Stevenson as a bell cow running back like he was last year. But you had certain situations that paved the way for that to happen. Now Ramondre Stevenson is going to most likely take over that third down work as the receiving back with Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, most likely taking over the majority of the first and second down work and then the goal line opportunity as well. So you mentioned Ramondre Stevenson at RB14. I'm going to talk about some other players. He's at RB15 for me. So as we look at that range, would you rather have this year Ramondre Stevenson or Travis Etienne? It's Etienne for me because I trust the offense more. They're going to put him in a better spot to succeed. I think Steven, as far as talent, I think they're very close. But you know me, I'm on the Jags. I think they're going to be in that red zone with regularity. I, I don't think the Patriots are going to be. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson or Jameer Gibbs in Detroit? See, that's about where I draw the line because I, I fear David Montgomery more than I feel, fear Zeke. Yep. So I've got him sandwiched between the two in my ranks, and I feel decent about that. They're all in the same tier for me, but I'd go Stevenson over Gibbs by a fraction of a hair. There you go. Let's go. Let's go. Hair one... a fraction of a split hair. <laughs> let's go one more. Ramondre Stevenson or Alexander Madison in Minnesota? See, Madison was one of those like winners that didn't get – a veteran behind him and I know Uncle Lenny's still out there so that still looms I'm gonna go Stevenson because I like the upside of getting those targets that I'm not confident Madison gets like I kind of think Addison picks up those Adam mm -hmm. Thielen vacated targets I think KJ Osborne obviously you know I'm high on Hawkinson so I think the floor game for Stevenson still looks a little bit better but you're you're towing that line I'm nervous and Madison's gonna be in scoring position so it's again same tier Slightly into Stevenson. 
Yeah, the uh, Ramondre Stevenson at RB15 for me in my rankings, Alexander Madison at RB16, which is why I asked that question. These guys are back-to-back -back in my rankings here going into 2023. Let's talk about Zeke. Now, we just mentioned first and second down work, goal line opportunities in this offense, most likely going to fall to him. Where does he land in the rankings? Is he someone that fantasy managers should now be considering picking up or drafting here in 2023? No, no, I don't think he matters. I mean, almost 46% of his points came in the red zone last year, so... To me, he's the equivalent of a deep bomb receiver that you're playing during bye weeks and hoping that one of his four targets goes for something big. Like Zeke, I'm looking at like six to eight touches and maybe he falls into the end zone if he does on a bye week and that pays off for you. I've got him outside my top 50 running backs. Just barely. I've got him at running back 52. But for me, he was pretty easy to rank. I just put him behind everybody that I think has a chance to earn significant work without an injury. I don't put Zeke in that category. I don't think there's a world in which Ramondre Stevenson's healthy and Zeke is taking a significant, or even splitting this backfield. He's going to have some valuable carries, but I don't think he's the type of back that can earn the lead dog role where you've got committee situations like in Philly, you know, in Miami, Chicago. I'd rather take a shot, throw a dart on any of those guys because I think they have a chance to work into the feature role. I don't think that's in store for Zeke. I would agree with that. I've got Zeke a little bit higher in rankings than you do. I've got him at RB42, but I mean, that's right in front of like Jamal Williams at RB43 for me, Kendrick right. Miller at RB44. Like these guys are, they could have value, but you're absolutely correct in your assessment that if Ramondre Stevenson goes down with an injury, I don't think Zeke is suddenly now this like 250 plus, you know, touch guy that inherits a massive, massive workload and could be a top 10 fantasy football running back. Yeah, no, I would tend to agree. And this kind of tells me, like, I'm dropping Leonard Fournette down my ranks. The, the Patriots went out of their way to choose Zeke over Fournette, and I think Zeke is cooked. So if the, I, I don't know what that says about Fournette. So the veteran running back market is just a mess right now. I have no interest in Zeke. I think his greatest asset to fantasy 2023 will be what he takes off the plate of Stevenson. As far right. as touchdown equity, I don't think he's standalone value at all. Definitely have to bump Ramondre Stevenson down the rankings just slightly. And then Zeke, not necessarily on the fantasy radar. Maybe someone that you add it to plug in on bye weeks, like Kyle said. Let's move over to Dalvin Cook here. Dalvin Cook signing with the New York Jets. Now, this had been rumored for about a month or so. Like, we had kind of heard rumors that this could be happening. And sure. then, obviously, now we've got the news that Dalvin Cook has signed officially with the New York Jets. Fantasy managers are pouring one out for Brees Hall to this morning. And he was someone that was also on my radar for a bus candidate because it seemed inevitable that another running back was going to be added here. Brees Hall being drafted earlier on this offseason as a top 12 running back. That will yeah, certainly no longer be the case. Where did, let's talk about Brees Hall first. Where did Brees Hall fall in the rankings for you? Yeah, to me, he's down to 26. He's flirting with Javante Williams territory. Like we talk about the ACL guys. And I know it's kind of a hot take here to have Delvin Cook over Brees Hall. And, you know, maybe that's egg on my face eventually. But I don't think there's much question that Cook's going to open the season as the guy. And to me, the Jets are pretty clearly in win-now situation. Would you agree with that? Yes, 100%. Right. And so, you're, and so that tells me that Aaron Rodgers fought to bring Cook in. And if that's the case, the Jets' game plan is to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Like, I don't think it needs to be super complicated. Brees Hall's a great running back. He's a very talented young player, but he's coming off an ACL injury. And Cook still has some juice in the tank. He wasn't great last year. We've seen the dip. But 
maybe the revenge tour of Aaron Rodgers helps unlock that a little bit. He's one of the best quarterbacks at targeting the running back position. So I think the pass catching potentials there. This offense is going to be good as Brees Hall kind of works up to speed. I in the argument I keep seeing is that Brees Hall is going to be the guy late in the season, but we don't know that. To me, right. we know that Cook's going to be the guy in September. And so that's why I'm ranking him higher. I think he has a chance to earn Rodgers' trust and at least split this backfield with an advantage for the first month. So I have Cook overhaul in my rankings. Where do you fall in that? Yeah, early before we got the news of the contract terms, like how much money, right? I kind of anticipated that this was going to be like a one-year $4 million deal for Dalvin Cook. And so Mm -hmm. before that, I had Brees Hall at RB20. I had Dalvin Cook at RB25. Then we got the news that this is like a base salary of $7 million with the potential to earn up to $8.6 million for Dalvin Cook. That signals that, like you said, New York is all in for 2023 and they are going to be patient and allow Brees Hall to recover at his, like, and to, to enter recovery at his own pace. They're not going to throw him out there week one off of the ACL injury and say, hey, we're going for a championship this year. Handle 20 carries for us right out of the gate. I think that the play here is we will ride Dalvin Cook here in 2023. We'll give him a significant workload, especially to start the season. Sure. And then we will allow Brees Hall to handle 5, 10, carries throughout the first eight weeks of the season. And then as we move into the latter half of the season, if he's still showing good things, then we can start to increase that workload. But the play is to have Brees Hall ready for 2024 and beyond, right? That's the play. And so I think Dalvin Cook is the guy to roster here in New York for an offense that should be pretty, pretty powerful. The question is, if we do get news that Brees Hall is just going to be kind of this rotational guy to start the year, does Dalvin Cook enter top 12 territory to start the season? I can't get that high just because I think Hall is going to work in to some degree. It would have to be a significant setback. If I heard Hall was going to start the season on Pup, then we oh, might be yeah, talking. Sure. Then, then we could work in. You're talking six or four weeks of full feature cook, and that gives him the chance to earn the trust, yada, yada, yada. You got to work in Hall. And then October's the you know the work-in period, and before you know it, the fantasy season's half over. So I think you would need that absent of – Hall going on pup, I can't see him not getting worked in. So I think the upside to some degree is kept there. When Hackett was last with Rodgers, we're looking at 28 running back touches per game. So if, I worry that if both are healthy and we get to a split situation that neither is touching 15 touches a game, which I, I don't know what your ceiling is in that event. And then we right. want Garrett Wilson to be this wide receiver one that we're all yeah. uh, optimistic about. So to answer your question, I think Cook's path to top 15 running back status would require a pretty significant setback. All right, let's talk about Dalvin Cook here and some of the players that are going around him. In my rankings, I want to see which ones you would rather have. Dalvin Cook or Kenneth Walker in Seattle? Give me Cook. Give me Cook for now. Right now, Charbonnet looks good in Seattle. Kenneth Walker, another guy that was banged up. And I trust this. I think Seattle's going to take a step backwards. Like Geno Smith, we knew Geno Smith for a freaking decade. And then we know him for 12 months and we think he's, you know, I don't want to say a godsend to fantasy, but right. I'm not exactly ready to call him uh, an offensive elevator yet. So give me, give me Cook in that spot. Uh, what about Dalvin Cook or Miles Sanders? I got Sanders one spot higher. I, I don't love it. I think Sanders workload's safer. I don't trust the offense necessarily, but six yep. of the top 11 running backs last season came on bad teams. Sanders is going to play for a bad team. So I, I think the sheer volume of work 
gives him the edge there, but yeah, I'm not wagering anything on him. I know that's the volume versus the offensive situation that in which yep. I've got Dalvin Cook one spot above Miles Sanders, so it's super close okay. there. Final one: Dalvin Cook or Damian Pierce in Houston? Kind of a same similar oh, situation Cook. to Miles Sanders. Yeah, it's Cook for me. I I just don't trust Pierce. I mean, he's got Singletary behind him on a terrible offense. Sanders a little more a little more safe in the volume, but I I'm gonna end up with no Pierce. It's funny you mentioned Pierce because. Pierce with the Texans, the Texans and the Patriots from our discussion earlier are two teams I think I'm going to have zero exposure of this year. Like I don't see myself drafting any Patriots or any Texans. You got any teams like that? Uh, the only, I will say the only one, uh, Arizona for me, Arizona will be that team okay. where unless I can get Michael Wilson in a 16 team league <laughs> sure. in the final round, like I just don't want anything to do with a Colt McCoy led offense for a roster that is in absolute shambles. Uh, I would say for new England, the only one that I probably will have on my roster, if I do want to go a super late tight end route is Hunter Henry. Yeah. Uh, and I even felt that way before Mike Gesicki leaving yesterday's practice with an injury. We haven't gotten an update on that at the time that we're recording, but Hunter Henry would probably be the guy that I would draft a tight end 29 ADP right now, uh, in ESPN. In your league. two so tight end flex. In my two uh, tight end team league room. that it's a 14 team league. Yeah. I can get, can get Hunter Henry with my final pick. So that would be like, if I wanted to go that super late round, super, super late round tight end, okay. that would be the only situation. So, all right, let's move into some wide receivers and quarterbacks to avoid here for 2023 before we do want to point out the pfn fantasy discord if you are not in this community you need to make this a priority the link to join here it's absolutely free is in your show description whether you're listening on your podcast app or you're over on watching on youtube you can find that in the description if you're watching over on youtube make sure to hit that like button subscribe and click the bell to get notified for when our new content drops youtube.com slash at pfn fantasy the pfn fantasy discord make sure to jump in there mock drafts happen at all the time we're answering your questions helping you get ready to dominate your fantasy football league this season all right wide receivers and quarterbacks to avoid i'm going to throw this to you kyle who is that first wide receiver that you are looking to avoid in drafts this year it's debo samuel i feel like we've dug his grave put dirt on it like we i am very scared about debo samuel coming for us this summer but Listen, like I call it how I see it, and I know you agree with me here. The targets, the routes, like every, the opportunities just aren't there. I get the touches. Like I get the, the argument that he's going to get touches out of the backfield. His average rush touchdowns, 18 yards for his career. That tells me he's not getting goal line touches, which tells me he's not getting stable fantasy points. Like, are, is he going to break big runs? Of course. He's a great player. He's a great athlete in a great offense but you've got two other passing targets in this offense. You've got Christian McCaffrey that might as well count as another target. I mean, oh. last year, 65 players had at least four games with 60 receiving yards. That's over two per team. And Debo was not one of them. Like I, I, I can't get there with him as a top, like a fringe top 20 receiver. He's going wide receiver 16 in some places right now. I've got him 18 and falling. Like I'm more likely to pass on him than I am to reach. I wouldn't even take him at cost right now. I, I'm definitely scared. Uh, I'm definitely scared yeah, for yeah. going it's against terrifying. Debo Samuel because he has that talent level to absolutely prove us wrong uh, 100%. But we have to point out the draft costs. And this is not just, and when we're talking about wide receivers and quarterbacks to avoid, this is not just simply avoid this player at all costs. This is of considering course. their current ADP, where they are going in drafts and the players that are surrounding them that we feel are a little bit safer, a little bit more consistent. And that's the situation with Debo Samuel as a wide receiver three on your fantasy roster to sure. present those boom and bust weeks, those big weeks that can absolutely help you win a fantasy, uh, a fantasy matchup. 
100% sign me up there, but he's not going there right now. He's going as a wide receiver too. Sometimes even in leagues where a wide receiver one, you have like, if you go running back early and you want to go with a quarterback early or a tight, one of those early tight ends, then you're looking at Debo Samuel as your wide receiver one on your roster. And that is just a situation that I cannot get on board with Debo Samuel, a player that I am looking to avoid as well. Let's move into another wide receiver to avoid here. What do you got? Yeah, I guess I'm just picking on highly talented players here to avoid. I guess that might not be the greatest of strategies, but I'm going DeAndre Hopkins. Like, we know he's a, another talented guy, but I just can't get behind an aging receiver on an offense that doesn't want to throw the ball. Like, yes, I understand that having a receiver like Nuke might well open up that offense, but that means you're taking carries off of Derrick Henry's plate, which means you're inherently changing the entire flow of your offense, which I don't think the Titans are going to do, nor should they, with Ryan Tannehill under center, like, I mean, we've got Henry, Traylon Burks, we all like him to develop, Chig at tight end. So we, we get to this point where we're liking a lot of options in an offense that I don't think can provide a lot of options for fantasy purposes. I've got him at wide receiver 27, and I'm going to end up with him nowhere. Are you taking him at cost? He's going fringe top 20, right in that Debo range again. I think he's about 20 in ADP. Yeah, he's a wide receiver 24 in underdog okay. fantasy ADP. He is wide receiver 26 in our consensus rankings, which you can find over yeah, on the right. website at profootballnetwork.com. Right in line there. However, I am the highest on DeAndre Hopkins this year mm. out of the four members of the PFN fantasy team here. So I am going to disagree a little bit here, but it's also not like a, a flag that I want to completely plant and be like, yes, you've got to draft DeAndre Hopkins every sure. single place that you can this year because those risks do present themselves where what is is the offensive structure is that defense still going to be good enough under mike vrabel to allow the tennessee titans to continue to run the ball at a very very high rate lean on derrick henry and they're going to throw the ball 27 times per game if that's right. the case then deandre hopkins probably not going to see enough targets each week to be fantasy viable ryan Tannehill, he's started to get banged up here in recent years if we lose ryan Tannehill, and now we're down to malik willis who seems to be the qb2 in tennessee now yeah. then yeah that's a situation that <laughs> i don't really want any part of so there are definitely some risks there but i do think that the talent level from what we saw when he was on the field last year i don't think that we are at this point of julio jones where it was like julio jones okay, yeah. last year where like we are, we have completely witnessed the fall off. We have completely witnessed just the absolute decline here. And he's at the point where the injuries over his career have caught up with him. I don't think we're there with DeAndre Hopkins. I think that he still has one to two years left of really, really elite play. He's got to make up for it in touchdowns though, because you're going to look at some other wide receivers that are going to be absolutely well ahead of him from a, from a pure target total standpoint. DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to match them in this offense. So he's got to make up for it with touchdowns. I think that he can do it. I've got him projected for seven receiving touchdowns, and that's enough to put him at wide receiver 20 in my rankings. But a situation where, yeah, there are definitely some risks there. I don't fault you for looking to avoid DeAndre Hopkins this year, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's an upside thing for me. You said he's going around, you know, low 20s in ADP, depending on the site that you're at. Yep. Last season, you needed about 13 points a game and half point PPR to be a top 20 receiver. That's only happened twice under Tannehill. Twice, and they were both under 25 years old. So, I mean, we're talking, you're betting on an outlier. And I just don't like doing that. And if the upside is top, is like fringe top 20, and he's, that's a, like, you're talking the upside of returning cost. To me, that's not enough upside to take him where he's going. To be fair, the players that Tennessee has yeah. been rolling <laughs> out there at the wide receiver that. position over the past couple of years have not, have kind of skewed that sample a little bit a there. Little bit. So I think the a talent level for DeAndre Hopkins is definitely greater than Robert Woods. 
and Julio Jones at their stages of their career. So I've got DeAndre Hopkins. I, I said 20. He's actually at 19 in my rankings. Debo Samuel at wide receiver 20. So a little bit higher on DeAndre Hopkins. I'll push back on you a little bit there, but in line with Debo Samuel. Let's move on here to your third and final wide receiver to avoid in fantasy drafts this year. Yeah, and this one hurts me as a Packers fan, but as a math guy, I, I just have to take the anti-Christian Watson standpoint. I mean, I've got him at wide receiver 30. He's going five, six, seven, eight spots ahead of that. I, I just can't get there. I mean, his average touchdown last season was almost 30 yards. I think Romeo, 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 Romeo is very good in that offense. I don't know how many offensive options they're going to support. They're going to run through or they're going to run their offense through the run game as they should. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones are two very talented backs. They're also very capable pass catchers. And again, I think we could be looking at a low volume passing attack, much like what yep. we just talked about with Tennessee. And so I'm just not going to bet on the most expensive guy coming off an outlier season in a low volume offense. Like they're Green Bay is not going to be competitive in 31, 27 kind of games. Like they're looking at 20 to 17 and that's just yep. not what I'm looking for from my wide receiver too. Yeah, I've been talking about this all offseason uh, with A.J. Dillon as a target in drafts because of the offensive sure. structure. Back in 2018, we saw Matt LaFleur as the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans really lean into a low pace of play and lean into the run game. Right now, obviously, you have Derrick Henry. So, of course, that's probably going to be the way that you're going to play football, right? Utilize him and what he sure. can do. But that is sort of the offensive scheme that I think Matt LaFleur has wanted to implement here in Green Bay for years. He couldn't because he had Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers going to consistently push back. It's like, I'm freaking Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to hand the ball off 30 times per game. That's not what we're going to do. And obviously they were able to make it work. Aaron Rodgers back-to-back -back MVP seasons during his time with Matt LaFleur, yeah. like it worked. But now that he has complete control over this offense and essentially for all intents and purposes, a rookie quarterback with Jordan Love, are yeah. you going to hand the ball to uh, put the ball in Jordan Love's hands 35 times per game? Or are you going Hope to not. lean on the run, <laughs> lean on the run game with AJ Dillon with a 250 pound running back whose comp coming out of Boston College was Derrick Henry light. So I think we have the the game plan, the sort of scheme in place for what Matt LaFleur wants to do this year. And I think we even saw that in week one of the preseason where it is a ton of play action coming off of boots and coming off of the ability yep. to threaten the defense with running the ball down their throat and then being able to take the big plays off of it. If that's the case, then Christian Watson has to make up for his draft cost, which is wide receiver 21 in ADP right now. And yep. he is wide receiver 23 in our consensus rankings. You and I are the lowest on him in our consensus rankings here. I agree with you. He's got to be insanely efficient. I'm a believer in Jaden Reed contributing right away. Sure. Uh, I think he's a pro ready wide receiver that can contribute out of the slot. So I think there's a, there's a little bit too many mouths to feed and Christian Watson made up for uh, his fantasy. Like he, he was a fantasy darling for that stretch there because he oh, had, yeah. you know, as many receiving touchdowns as he did in that time frame, which is just not sustainable. So are you going to rely on that? You and I are both saying no, Christian Watson, someone to avoid at his current ADP of wide receiver 21 off the board. Let's go to quarterbacks here. Let's go over to quarterbacks to avoid this year. Now, I think the talent level at the quarterback position, especially for fantasy football, like we can get all the way down to like quarterback 10, 11, 12. I'm like, yeah, sign me up for any of these guys. Like, and then even into quarterback 15, like there are cases to be made for a lot of these players. So pretty difficult to come up with a player, a quarterback to avoid, but I'm going to throw it to you. Who is a player that you are looking to let someone else draft in their leagues? Yeah, I think it's America's team. I, I, I'm not going near Dak Prescott right now. I've got him at quarterback 15. You mentioned some of the tiers and 
He's a pocket passer on a team that wants to run the ball. Like, under what circumstances does that make much sense in fantasy football 2023? I mean, right now in some ADPs, he's going before Tua. He's going before Cousins. He's going before Rodgers. Those are all pocket types that I prefer to Dak Prescott. Like, he doesn't have the versatile skill set that he once had. And in 2023, you kind of need it. And if you're not, you need to be a threat for 5,000 yards on an offense that wants to run, run the damn ball. Like, ask my, Mike McCarthy what he's going to do. He's got a wide receiver was that a, one. Uh, was that a blindside? You, well, you, you don't even watch. Have you seen blindside? Uh, I don't know movies, but run the damn oh, ball you at least a, you incorporated a trending topic with Blindside into a movie quote. Kyle Sabi, this is your uh, this is your top moment here on the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. I, it might be a top moment in my 30s. Like this is <laughs> one of the better moments of the past couple of years here. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm stumbling now. I just stumbled into a uh, a, Dak a Prescott pocket reference. passer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's not good. I don't want Dak. <laughs> <laughs> He's moved. I mean. His yards per pressured pass attempt trending way down. You lose Zeke, you lose some of the pass protection. That's all that was force-fed down our throats why Tony Pollard couldn't get on the on the field in Dallas for years. So I, I don't see a path for Dak to offer consistent big games. He had a few of them last year when Dallas was rolling up 40 spots on some people, which is going to happen. But are you counting on those high-scoring games? Again, Dallas does not want to play those games. The offensive coordinator doesn't. Dak, I don't think his skill set reaches that anymore. To me, the weekly upside just isn't worth making him a starter in anything but the deepest of leagues. In 2021, the Dallas Cowboys threw the ball 40 times per game. In 2022, that dropped down all the way to 33 times per game. Yeah. That was with Kellen Moore still as the offensive coordinator, who we love, you know, or who we know loves to throw. We do love him too, but he knows uh, he loves to throw the ball all over the field, right? And that was still, I think, the balance and the tension between Mike McCarthy and probably why we saw Kellen Moore leave town was Mike McCarthy wants to lean yeah. on the ground game. So 33 pass attempts. You talk about that difference of Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. Who would you rather draft this year? For me, it's Kirk Cousins, and it's Easy. honestly not close, right? Because Kirk yeah. Cousins, they threw the ball 40 times per game last year. I could even see a case where that number goes higher this year because of the state of their defense. Sure. With Dallas, the state of their defense, and then, of course, the commitment to the run game. I just don't see... 35, 36, 37 pass attempts per game here for Dak, which is what he needs to move up into that top 10, top eight, top six quarterback territory. So I'm in complete agreement with you here. Dak Prescott, just a, I think he's a fine option. He's someone that you can definitely rule out there, but, and we'll probably have a safe floor and consistent, you know, consistency week in and week out because he does have a receiving core of CD Lamb, Michael Gallup coming sure. off that, you know, a year removed from that ACL injury and then Brandon Cooks. Like there will be some solid, you know, solid floor games from Dak Prescott each week, but Man. just the upside, it depends on how you want to build out your roster there. I would personally go with Kirk Cousins there over Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, we just described the man as a poor man's Kirk Cousins. Is that really who you're trying to plug into a fantasy lineup and feel good about it? Like, if I have money on a fantasy league, can I look my wife in the eye and say, I put money in this league <laughs> and I'm going to have Dak Prescott lead my squad? No, I can't. I can't do that to my wife. I'm, I'm a better husband than that. <laughs> uh, would you rather have, you mentioned Dak Prescott all the, all the way down at QB 15 in your ranking. So I assume the yeah. answer to this one, but Dak Prescott or Aaron Rodgers this year, Rodgers, not thinking twice about it. Uh, Dak Prescott or Anthony Richardson. This is like the complete polar opposite of one another <laughs> from a fantasy standpoint, but yeah, no Dak Prescott or Anthony Richardson. I mean, in my ranks, I have Dak higher because I think he will score more fantasy points over the course of the fantasy season. So there's, there's that component to ranking, but at this point in the draft, I'm 
drafting my guy as a quarterback two or like a backup. I don't usually draft right. two quarterbacks, but if I were to, and then we're talking a one week situation where I'm filling in for a buy, I'd rather throw a dart on Richardson, but I think Dak scores more fantasy points. So I have, have him ranked higher for this season, but you're in the right category here. Let me go one, a little bit further down because uh, we saw really impressive things here in week one of the preseason, obviously a small sample size, but Dak Prescott or Derek Carr this year. I, and I love me some Carr. And to me, they're the same guy. They're the same guy, except I trust Dak Prescott's wide receiver one a little bit more right now yep. at this yep. very moment in time than I do Carr's. That could flip. I doubt it, but that could flip. I think Carr has a sneaky offensive explosion potential in New Orleans if everything aligns. Of course, you need everything to align. I think he's a little further away from that, given the moving pieces in that offense. So I'm going Dak there. But again, in a two-quarterback league, if I get one of those star quarterbacks and you you tell me I get to wait an extra few rounds yep. and get Carr instead of Prescott, like yep. at cost, give me Carr every time. Yeah, that was the point that I was just about to make. When you hear Soppy present that argument and say, like, that's actually a lot closer than you would think. The ADP right now is Dak Prescott at QB 12 off the board, Derek Carr at QB 19 off the board. Yeah. And in ESPN, I was looking yesterday, QB 22 off the board. So Derek Carr, like, that's presents a situation rather than panicking because all if you're playing in a 12-team league, all 11 other members of your league have drafted quarterbacks and Dak Prescott's the next highest in ADP. Panicking, going like, I need to draft a quarterback right here. Let Prescott be a QB2 on someone else's roster. Sure. Wait a couple rounds, and in the final round of your draft, go with someone like Derek Carr or go with Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or whatever because there's more upside with those other options. That's a closer gap in ADP, and that's where tiers come into play where you can understand where that value gap lies. All right, Kyle Sabi, three wide receivers, a quarterback to avoid in the books here, breaking down Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott signing with their respective teams in the AFC East. This was a fun show, man. It was. Just a couple of Kyles talking ball on a Tuesday morning in August. What's not the like? Absolutely. All right, guys. Remember to jump into the PFN Fantasy Discord. You can find the link for that here in your podcast or YouTube show description. Jump in there. Oh, community over 1,400 people ready to talk some fantasy football with you. So make sure to jump in there and ask us your questions to get ready to dominate your fantasy football league this season. All right, that'll do it. For Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.